Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Japanese blue chips are off to a strong start this morning, led by SoftBank up more than 2%. The Nikkei is currently the best performing index in Asia this morning, up more than 1%. Seoul is in positive territory as well, up half a percent, but Sydney is trending lower. So what is moving markets this Monday morning? Joining me now to help answer that question, he's Ryan Huang. How was the weekend? Uh, Weekend's good as usual. How was yours, Michelle? Well, you know, actually, I spent the bulk of it recovering from an eye infection. Oh, dear. So, scratchy, scratchy. Uh, thank so stay away from me. <laughs> no, no, no. It's caused by an allergy. All right. All right. Yeah, don't worry. You're safe. Uh, the word inflation, though. Inflation. Something that hasn't been an issue for a long time. That I word is creeping up to the top of investor concerns. Now, it's not clear that inflation is an issue yet, but there are signs that investors are readying themselves. So let's start with bonds. Inflation is generally thought to be bad for bond prices, Ryan. Are we already seeing a sell-off in bonds? Yes, to some extent, because what happens when bond use or rather um, interest rates rise, you get um, a bit of a jittery reaction in the markets. And what we are looking at right now, just to recap the numbers on the 10-year bonds, is now at 1.37%. So that is up nearly 7 basis points from Friday, and it's nearly double in the space of 6 months. So inflation or rather the yields have been rising quite fast more than expected because of what people are expecting to be a brighter outlook in the year ahead. And inflation makes bonds less attractive because they mean, this means it erodes the value of those fixed interest payments. So they typically will now sell those bonds and try to put it elsewhere to get better value. So that's why you're seeing yields go up. And what it means for the other markets or at least other parts of the markets typically there's an inverse relationship between yields and stock prices because the money needs to move from one place to the other. So what we are looking at right now is potentially with yields going up, that means rates going up and the markets for a long time have been driven up by low interest rates. So if the rates go up earlier than expected, that could put a bit of a speed bump or some breaks on the recent rally and maybe those tech names, those growth names will be the first to see a bit of a rotation to other parts of the markets and that could be value or cyclical stocks to watch out for potentially benefiting. So that is the market potential reaction to higher bond yields and maybe future higher rates down the road. Okay, so inflation eats into future returns. So fears of rising prices has led some investors to dump bonds and that has in turn pushed up their yields. But what about stocks? If inflation is indeed rising, is that good or bad news for equity prices? Yeah, so mostly it is seen as not so good news for equity prices uh, because you have to take into consideration what has been pushing up the stock market prices in recent weeks and there's been low interest rates and another factor to watch out for is whether earnings can come through from companies because now with the stimulus measures in the pipeline uh, the market's going to be more focused on whether all those market action to new highs in recent weeks can actually stand up to actual earnings numbers that'll be the next one to watch with the yields now being 
factored out of the equation somewhat. So that mm. will be the next point of focus mm. for markets, whether earnings growth can justify those uh, market fundamentals. Okay, so inflation is a mixed bag for stocks. Uh, research shows energy counters normally do well in times of inflation and commodities as well. So infl- is inflation actually a threat right now? It is a bit of a difficult one to say because there are so many moving parts. On one hand, you've got prices going up in some par- uh, parts of the world like commodities, coppers at nine-year highs, mm. iron ore at 10-year highs, and oil prices are also a factor as well because in the recent week or so, Texas, the deep freeze there has been pushing up prices to a year high or so for oil. And that all feeds into inflation expectations. But broadly, it doesn't seem to be a big issue yet. Uh, If you look at what Jerome Powell has been saying, he's not raising the flag yet around inflation. In fact, he's been saying uh, it's not near where he is worried about yet and Mm -hmm. he has no reason to hike rates as well. And this will be one of the focus points and areas that he might be commenting on later this week when he gives his testimony in Congress to give his outlook for where the US economy is headed. Right. I want to turn now to another area of news that investors are watching closely, and that is the pace and efficacy of vaccination efforts across the globe. And there are several pieces of good news on this front, starting with the Pfizer-BioNTech numbers from Israel. What's the latest there, Ryan? Yeah, a bit of good news. And this is around how the Pfizer-BioNTech shot could be a possible game changer in terms of stopping the COVID-19 spread. Because according to a study, those who took the vaccine showed a bit of immunization and this could curb the transmission of the coronavirus. So this could be something that could help slow down the spread of the uh, disease if enough people get vaccinated. So this could be something of a big game changer if you think about how uh, this could slow down the spread, especially with all the new variants coming out. So the BioNTech-Pfizer vaccine could be um, something to bring more good news for COVID-19. The UK, meanwhile, has been the hardest hit country in Europe by COVID-19. More than 120,000 people have died. The British government, though, has announced it is stepping up its vaccination campaign. So, Ryan, do we have an indication of when the UK may reach herd immunity? (laughs) Well, herd immunity is a theory, but what they are trying to do is to speed up the vaccination program. So, previously, they were aiming for every adult to get a jab by September is now pushed forward to July 31st. So that at le- that's, that's at least a month or so earlier than its previous target. So it is pushing up the timeline to get everyone immunized or vaccinated. So that is a bit of good news, I guess, for the UK. Well, they think they can do that because now they have the supplies coming in. So here at home in Singapore, the government has announced that seniors age 60 and above will receive vaccinations in March. And the rest of us, the population, will begin receiving vaccinations in April, it looks like. Okay, Ryan, it's now time for a Monday morning game of up or down. So I name an asset or item in the news. Ryan tells us if it's moving up or down. Get all the answers right. And breakfast is on Verinda. Okay, <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> okay, get one wrong. It's my turn for pre-breakfast. Are you ready? Let's start with Bitcoin. Bitcoin, I'm going up because over the weekend, it hit a new high, breaking above $58,000 for the first time. So a really huge jump in the space of 
I believe in the past month or so, it's up 20%. Yeah, I would say up, up and away as well. Bitcoin topped 57,000 US dollars over the weekend. It is currently trading around 56,800 and the price has risen so fast that even Elon Musk says Bitcoin prices seem too high. Well, even Seem Elon high. Musk is raising the flag, you know something is going wrong. <laughs> he didn't say too high. I must correct myself. He said, seem high. You're right, Ryan. Uh, let's move on to the next item on our up or down list. Ryan, what do you think? What do you think about Twitter? Twitter, I would go with up, and that is based on its stock price. It's up 33% so far. So it is outperforming expectations despite banning one of his most popular influencers, Donald Trump. Yeah, I agree. I, I wasn't sure why Twitter would go after to kick Donald Trump off its platform, but I'd say up as well. It's still got Elon Musk. That's true too. But you know when they kicked Trump off, it did lead to a short-term dip, right? But the Mm. shares have rallied since and they're up 33% this year. Next up, Uber. All right, Uber, a bit of a down. That's because in the UK, Mm -hmm. a Supreme Court has ruled against it. And this is around how its right-heeling companies or right-heeling drivers typically are not seen as workers per se rather freelancers or contract workers. Yep. So they don't get entitled to worker rights, minimum wage, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So now the UK court has ruled against Uber saying they actually are entitled to many of those benefits. So a bit of a potential blow to the bottom line for Uber. Absolutely. Such broad implications for Uber's business model, for the gig economy as well, now that the UK top court has ruled that Uber drivers in Britain, they are entitled to benefits like paid holidays and minimum wage. Next up, Singapore's construction sector. So this one's, this one's interesting off the back of budget because what we are now looking out for is potentially the construction sector to see more companies exiting, potentially going bankrupt or going bust. And this is in context with some of the numbers we are seeing. Uh, if you look at uh, what we are getting in terms of data from a provider called Handshakes, so a total of 1,951 companies exited the sector last year. Hmm. Even though that's high, it's not as high as in previous years, which was above 2,000. So the thinking or expectation here is that those budget measures last year helped a lot of the construction sector companies prevent, prevent them from going bust, kept them in shape and kept them running. But the thing is, those measures are running out this year. So without those measures, you could see potentially a bit of a pent-up action in terms of um, what's going to happen when they don't have those grants, don't have those funding anymore. And of course, with this year panning out, it's going to be harder to get manpower, Mm. costs are going up. So you've got so many headwinds for the construction sector to deal with. Yeah, I'd say down as well as support measures from last year's Fortitude budget come to an end. Analysts are expecting more construction companies to go out of business. Next, HSBC, particularly its Hong Kong office, Ryan. Okay, HSBC has to choose between Hong Kong and Singapore. And this is around how they have been going through a bit of an overhaul, a multi-year plan to restructure and rejig its growth strategy. So it has to kind of decide where to park its regional headquarters. Mm -hmm. And it has to decide, do we bet on Hong Kong with what's going on there? There's a bit of instability. There's the picture, though, with access to China. Or do we bet on Southeast Asia more with Singapore in the centre? So it's got to weigh these uh, two things. And later this week, we will get 
an update from HSBC mm-hmm. and also what we will be watching out for as well is, is, is this guidance on dividends, whether they will be bringing it back to normal. Yeah, so I'd say up to because uh, HSBC reportedly is set to shift several top executives from its London headquarters to Hong Kong and it's all part of the bank's, quote, shift to Asia. Next, the Chinese yuan. Okay, so this is a bit of an up for me. So a lot more traders are referencing the Chinese yuan. And that is being seen if you look at the options on the Chinese currency on the London market. So that has even outnumbered those referencing the Japanese yen. So that brings into frame how popular trading in the Chinese currency has become because a lot more people are shifting their capital into China because of government bonds and many of those bonds are now higher yielding from other governments so you are seeing a bit of capital inflow into china and Mm -hmm. that is seeing its currency becoming more popular and being traded more so you are in a way looking at a rise of the rmb yeah more and maybe changing hands than ever before in the currency markets in part because of those better yields on chinese bonds next the indian rupee Okay, a bit of a turnaround story, perhaps, of the rupee. Mm. And this is after 2020 was a rather bad year. It was actually Asia's weakest currency in 2020. And now it's among its best performers. It's up around 0.6% so far this year. And this is off the back of more fiscal spending and a bit of a brighter outlook for the economy. Yeah, I'd say it is a turnaround given the rupee was the weakest currency in Asia last year. Let's check in on local stocks now. The STI fell nearly 1% on Friday to finish below the 2900 mark. It closed off 1.5% for the week at 2880. So Ryan, how's the blue chip index doing this morning? Is it off to a better start? (laughs) So just to recap, 1% down makes it a three-day losing streak Mm. and you talked about it going under 2,900. The last time it did so was back in January. So it is now trading at its lowest in nearly eight weeks. And if you look at what's happening for the STI right now, uh, we are tracking what's rather a good start so far across Asia. Most markets are in the green so far. And looking at what we have for the STI uh, one of the stocks I'm looking out for is Wilmer International, and that is because its full-year results will be released after the market. So far, it is just flat at the moment mostly, and this is after a rise of nearly 20% so far this year. Okay, looking at the wider index though, it is also pretty much flat, just up by one point or 0.03% at 2,881. So that's the picture we have right now. Rather muted stuff for the STR. Thanks very much. He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. You are with me here on Your Money. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.